Listen in to find out why our IT systems are at least five years behind banking and finance and how, with a simple change of mindset, we can start to bridge the gap and grow our businesses at the same time. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all the tools, all that you need to build a smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, and we are now into episode 27. I cannot believe how time does fly. Huge episode we have. We're going to continue our journey. we on from Andrew Hall last week with Minfos, and we're going to be talking to George from Chemist Pos Direct very shortly about how we've at least got five years behind the banking and finance sectors and what we can do to bridge the gap but also how we can just do that on a very, very basic level, at least from the beginning as well. But before we get to that, I'm going to talk about a couple of things as well. And we have been continuing a series of feedback, and there's been some great feedback coming our way over the last few weeks. And what I wanted to share with you was was an exchange I had with Luke from New South Wales uh, via Twitter. And uh, there was some there was some learnings that came out from that that I thought honestly may actually help help everyone understand exactly what it is that my, I, I would at least give my three biggest tips of to how to keep up to date and savvy with everything that you're doing. So my top three are look outside the pharmacy industry. That's where I spend a lot of my time because a lot of what we've already know in our industry can't get any better or it, it, it is incapable of changing. So what we do is we look outside the industry and see what we can adapt from other industries that can be instantly applied into our businesses. Remember, we are small business owners nonetheless, so a lot of what we do is replicated obviously in other industries as well. The second one is keep your mind open. We're going to talk a lot about keeping our minds open in our interview with George today, but we're going to you need to keep your mind open as to what can be achieved in partnership with technology. There's so much that couldn't be achieved in the past because the technology just simply hadn't been invented that we can now do with technology. And the third one is don't be afraid to buck the trends of the industry as well and create new paths. So if you have an idea of how you might want to do something for your pharmacy, and it might even be, as as we've been talking about the last few weeks, doing a video campaign for your patients, or as we found out from Simon at the YouSave group, recording videos for your patients as a complement, as a, as a way of increasing the reach from your your pharmacists to their pa- to your patients in regards to common medication issues. So that could be something as simple as applying a cream, using a Ventolin inhaler, just something a little bit different. And of course, your patients will tell you whether they're, whether they're actually enjoying that or not. But don't be afraid to try new things. And there's a lot of things that you can do. I'm talking about some of these things at PBN coming up, the Pharmacy Business Network, which I have the pleasure of presenting at next Friday. So if you're in Melbourne, please come and join me. What I'll be talking about there is how you can communicate with your team more effectively in only 20 minutes a week. I'm happy for someone to shout out that's Mission Impossible because I'll show you exactly how to do that as well. 
And for those who can't attend, it's going to be videoed and I'm going to have a copy of that video as well. And you might ask, well, where am I going to put that? So that's a very good segue to a couple of more exciting things that are coming up in the next week and a bit. So we're going to have on the 15th of September, other than the general release of Transformation, and you'll be able to order the book online through robertstar.com as well as through Amazon, through iBooks, through a whole range of channels which I'll talk about in next week's show. But you'll also be able to register and you can already register for the Transformation community. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm going to commit to being in that community every single day for you guys to answer your questions. But what I'll be able to do in that community as well is I'll be able to share with you some of these resources as videos. There's going to be obviously a free community for everyone to jump into as well. But for those who want a little bit more of me and they'd like some more personal attention as well as to be able to access this video content that's coming from conferences that I'm speaking at as well and also some um, webinars that I'll be doing only only for those members, I'll be able to actually provide that to you. And I'm not sure at this stage what the price will be. I think it's going to be somewhere in about the $29 a month or you'll be able to buy them individually. I haven't quite decided yet. But in any case, if you sign up today, you'll have access from the beginning. All our founding members will get access to that. So no worries about what it's gonna cost at this point. We'll work that out with everyone down the track. So I also wanted to talk about the workbook as well. So if you've had the if you've had the opportunity to get hold of a pre-release copy of Transformation, you came along to Pharmacy Freedom, you might be ready to jump into the workbook and you might be thinking, well, what am I going to get in there as well? So there's a whole series of activities, there's a whole series of questions that are designed around helping you personalize your experience of transformation for you and your business as well. All of that's going to be stored online. You'll be able to access that from anywhere, anytime from transformation.com.au. And as I said, if you register today, it is free. Um, You will get notified immediately when you're ready to access that as well. And to access the workbook will always be free for everyone who wants to read the book and be able to go through that process. Because as I've mentioned to you guys, What my role is, is to help you along your journey. And if I can do that any way I can, I certainly will. So please check it out, register for it. And I look forward to seeing you in there on the 15th of September. Uh, There'll be lots of cool stuff to be sharing in there. Um, Some videos that I've created along the journey, as well as some podcasts that haven't gone to air, um, a whole range of things. So I can't wait to share that with you as well. I'm also going to be releasing today, and look out for this, it'll be part of the post that comes out with the episode today, um, is I'm going to start to do on video, because I had it had been set the challenge by one of our listeners that why don't I do more video, and it's true, I should do. Um, so I'm going to answer a whole series of questions that are surrounding the Pharmacy Freedom Index, which went live earlier this week. So what that involves is 75 strategic questions, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to work through them one by one and I'm going to give you the basis of why that question is important and obviously what goes on around it so that you can get a good understanding. I invite everyone to jump on pharmacyfreedomindex.com. You'll be able to do that straight away and of course 
you'll be able to answer all of the, all of the questions in under 15 minutes as well. So in 15 minutes, there's no better test available where you're gonna be able to get great insights as to the biggest opportunities in your business in such a short space of time. And obviously, you're gonna have some questions around that. And of course, if you're in the transformation community, hit me up for some questions there. But also, if you wanna actually go through your results and find out a little bit more about those big opportunities in your business, I'm more than happy to organize a review session with you. And those will last up to 90 minutes. It's up to you if you want it to go that far, but it's all action-based, guys. There won't be any fluff. There's no more questions. There's no information finding. I'll be there for 90 minutes to find those biggest opportunities with you and help explore how they can be implemented into your business. And at the end of that session, you'll know exactly what you need to do in the next 12 months. It can't get any more simple than that. So in terms of videos, um, you'll be able to see that. And I'd love to know anyone who had a crack at doing a video for their pharmacy as well. So if you use the hashtag transformation, on uh, the Facebook site and also on Twitter. Uh, I'll be happy to have a look at those. And um, as I said, if there's any fantastic ones that we can all vote on, I'd love to be able to put a prize together for you guys. So enough of that, we're gonna get stuck into our interview today. Our interview today is with Georgia Lamb. He's the National Manager of Chemist Pos Direct and he's written his thesis on the state of information technology systems in Australian pharmacy. Georgia Lamb, welcome to The Transformation Show. Hi Rob, thanks for having me and uh, congratulations on your book launch. Uh, thanks very much George and uh, obviously it was fantastic to have the support of Chemist Pos Direct at the launch and uh, obviously we would have loved to have had Michael on the show today as well but I think you'll do a fantastic job uh, in, in his place today so welcome. I'll do my best. <laughs> so George... I like always getting a story at the beginning of our interviews just so that our pharmacy owner listeners can understand, I guess, your background. But, you know, obviously, Chemist Pos Direct and yourself and Michael, um, you're not pharmacists. So what, what, I guess, is, I guess, the reason behind Chemist Pos actually coming to existence and, and what draws your biggest interest in being part of the Australian pharmacy industry? Uh, the, it all started back in uh, 1989 when uh, Michael and... Uh, his partner David were part of uh, the the um, hardware section of one of the software vendors in the industry, and then a few years down the track, they realised that there is a possibility for them to branch out and just go on their own and um, just cut that middleman between the pharmacist and their um, IT supplier. Um, so that happened in 2003, uh, where Chemist Pos Direct was launched. It was actually prior. Prior to that, it was uh, known as POS Technologies. So 2003, Chemist POS Direct was launched, and uh, mainly it was more about um, reducing the cost of IT equipment to the pharmacies. However, that has changed over the years. So we went from a box-moving company to a solution provider, yep. and that's where we are today. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. And, and I guess also, as, as our listeners will have already found out, um, you, you've written your thesis on the state of information technology systems in Australian pharmacy. So I guess what, what drew your biggest passion to, you know, obviously dedicate a lot of time and effort into doing that? Uh, it was mainly because well, I've been in the industry since 2009. And uh, over the years, I've, um, I've noticed that there is a that information technology is underutilized in the industry. And uh, 
But I couldn't, I couldn't, if I was talking to a customer or to someone, I couldn't put, I couldn't give them numbers of how they can improve their business through IT. So what I did over 12 months was actually, I've done some case studies on a few different pharmacies around Australia. Yep. And I interviewed a few, I think just about 325 pharmacists. And um, I've put together some sort of an action plan that uh, pharmacy, that uh, I'd say probably the pharmacists and the the guild and the government should follow to implement new technology in in the industry that make it more profitable. Yeah. So. And what 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 if we have to? Obviously, we're not going to ask to go through all of all of them there, George. But um, you know, what would have been one of the best examples that you could have pulled out from that? Um, the simplest one is actually keeping your equipment uh, up to date. Um, out of the pharmacies that I. Uh, or the, the field studies that we've done, there was 75% of, pharm- of the pharmacies had equipment that was about 10 years old. So on, on a machine that's 10 years old, if you're doing a sales transaction, it's probably taking you a couple of minutes to finish, yep. while on a new equipment, that might take you about 45 Yep. Right, bye. For me, that was so obvious that, but for some reason, pharmacists just still don't see that as a as an advantage of their business when they can move on customers a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, obviously, that sales transaction time is so critical, and that patients may have already waited significant time in the pharmacy business already, and uh, any additional time that you hold them up at the register is certainly uh, critical to them, and certainly uh, where pharmacy assistants are trying to engage them in perhaps upselling or perhaps even just further discussion around a product or service in the business. Uh, certainly, that that time level is critical. Absolutely. And, and George, obviously, is, as you know, our, our, our listeners are all pharmacy owners and, you know, they, they've got to look at their, I guess, their situations and obviously their life cycle of pharmacy equipment. And what I guess would you think is the ideal life cycle for, um, you know, IT equipment in pharmacy? Well, it's between three to five years, uh, depending on the, on the piece of equipment we're talking about. Yep. Um, and the thing is that everyone has to consider is that the cost of IT has decreased so much in the last few years that you can buy, you know, the latest computer, you know, let's say for a thousand dollars. While a few years ago you would have to pay, you know, fifteen hundred or two grand. Yeah. Um, the same thing goes to printers, to your service, to anything like that. So, three to five years, I think it's a reasonable uh, time that you should keep that piece of equipment. Yeah, yeah, no, look, absolutely, and I guess I guess one of the biggest debates in terms of the the equipment for the the pharmacy owners is I guess a lot of their equipment may be purchased on high purchase agreements and so forth. So I guess when they're looking at those life cycles now, are you guys getting involved with those high purchase um, companies to I guess optimize that time frame? Well, we try to when we putting together a solution, we try to have a solution that has a warranty equivalent to the length of, to the time we think that equipment will last. So, for example, if we're selling a, a computer, we make sure that that computer has between three to five year warranty. So, through that purchase, when the pharmacy buy, you know, put in all their new system, they would know that within that next three to five years. That they're covered to all, all their, um, you know, all the hardware issues they might have, and that obviously will reduce their uh, cost of repair, maintenance, and all that. 
Yeah, yeah. No, look, absolutely. And and George, I guess for for a pharmacy owner listening today, um, you know, one of the big one of the biggest challenges is obviously keeping up to date and knowing, I guess, where they should be investing in their business and where I guess their biggest opportunities are. So, how how did how does Chemist Pos uh, educate pharmacy owners on you know obviously what may be appropriate for them and is there perhaps some advice that you could offer them today in terms of you know where they should be looking to I guess find these solutions for their business yeah we mainly uh, we send out a weekly email to reaches about 4300 uh, pharmacies in, in Australia yeah um, in those emails uh, usually we'll have uh, a product for sale but we also have some uh, information about uh, some of the new technologies um, or some of the you know problem that we've come across uh, for example, we've got all those, uh, everyone would have heard about those ransomware where um, hackers hack into the pharmacy, hold the data and then ask them to pay money back to get the data back. Yeah. So we've come across that with uh, uh, you know two or three of our customers. So we decided to send out a, uh, an email detailing the problem, how where it comes from, things that they should be aware of and solutions to how they can protect themselves. Yeah. So we we try to keep the, keep doing that all the time. So once a month we have something, um, you know, piece of information that we're sending out, either a new technology that's out there or a new like the virus threat or you know anything that comes to us that we think our customers will be interested in, we'll pass it on. Yeah, yeah. No, look, absolutely. Look, you know, all these things grow and change, and they, uh, you know, come back in different phases. And it's just so important to be ready for ready for dealing with that. And I guess that touches on George. One of the biggest challenges as as a pharmacy owner is is because most pharmacy owners generally don't come out of uh, university with IT background and training, and certainly they're not employing team members for the IT skills and uh, competencies. So. I guess for the, for the pharmacy owners that have just literally gone with the minimum viable of what's required, which may be just a one dispense system and perhaps not even a, a formal POS system, you know, what, I guess what advice and obviously what process perhaps does Chemist POS follow to help those pharmacy owners, I guess, take the responsibility away from themselves for needing to be able to identify what it is that they need? Well, we usually deal with the, the. Our approach has always been to see what the customer needs before we propose a solution. So we come to them and say, you know, what, what are you trying to achieve in your business? And based on what they want, we put in a solution within their budget that will cover what they want. Um, but also, we tell them about the things they should they should be aware of. We tell them, you know, if we go with this solution, this is the disadvantages that you're going to have. Uh, if you don't want to do that, this is what's going to happen. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um, up to uh, early in the year, pharma- pharmacies refused to put antivirus programs on their computers. Yeah. Now, for us, we don't like to do it, but if they choose to to not have it, then it's their they taking the risk. So we explain to them that, you know, if you're not putting that antivirus on, there is a risk that you might be going to a website and you've got to download you download a virus and you know, you might lose data, you might lose your computer, you know, depending on the virus that they get. So we try and make it as clear as possible about what, what we're putting in and what they're not going to have um, and then let them make the decision of what they want. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And perhaps one of the biggest decisions is, you know, what, what if any, involvement is required of me as the, 
as the pharmacy owner to be able to actually implement that and that is it just simply installed and then they have to manage it or I guess what perhaps you know and you might have some great examples there of solutions where chemist pos have implemented but the responsibility and the ongoing maintenance of that may not be the pharmacist's ultimate responsibility. Yeah, that's, uh, there is a trend into moving into uh, managed services at the moment. And in managed services, we mean uh, a solution that you get as a pharmacist that you don't have to worry about, that you know your IT provider will manage it for you. Yep. So we, we've got something. In 2009, we introduced our online backups. Yep. So it's a backup solution where um, all, you, all you have to do is to let us install our program on your computer. Uh, we manage all your backups. We do all test restores from time to time. If your backup doesn't work, we will try and investigate why the backup is not working. So that way you know, and you're getting an email confirmation every day saying, you know, my backup worked. Yep. So you know at that point that that's one thing you don't have to worry about. Yep. And the same thing now is happening in uh, the antivirus programs and the web, the internet monitoring programs where um, all... Uh, we get reports, data reports about possible infections on different machines at different customer sites across the country. Yep. And uh, before it becomes a major issue, we call the customer trying to work out with them uh, what happened and try to uh, clean it up before uh, they have any downtime. Yeah, no, look, absolutely, that's key. And I, I think, you know, who, who, who wouldn't actually be happy to be told about a problem before it becomes a, a, a business critical one? Because I think, you know, the technology, as we, as we always talk about, it doesn't always get used just because it, technology can be used, but it's there to aid and automate a process in the business. And I guess once it becomes a big interruption to the patients of the business, uh, then you've got a problem. So I think those proactive solutions are, are really, really good. And I guess also, George, you've spoken about, um, you know, even as recently as our last uh, last last episode last week with Andrew Hall from Minfos and also with uh, Paul Naismith from Fred as well about cloud and um, what role that now plays in pharmacy and um, obviously, you know, where, where you see that fitting into, you know, the on, on-site infrastructure that most pharmacies would have. Yeah, look, uh, firstly, it's better just to tell people that, you know, cloud is just more about a solution that sits on the internet. It's not. um, So it's probably something that you have in a pharmacy but has moved into becoming a cloud solution where you don't have a program physically installed on your computer for you to use. Um, That is becoming, uh, well, I think in the next 10 years, pretty much all applications will be run uh, from the cloud. Uh, simply because uh, it will reduce your cost of having any infrastru- infrastructure in place because all you need to do is to have a basic computer with access to the internet. Yeah. Um, it, will, um, it will make it easier for all the software vendors to manage their software. So if there is an update, uh, they can just simply roll out one update to the cloud and that goes across all their customers. And um, uh, in pharmacy, that has to. I see that's becoming the future, um, but I think it's going to take us a good five to ten years before we get to that point. Simply because um, our infrastructure as a country is not ready yet to allow us to use cloud solutions on a, on a large scale. Hmm. Um, uh, like you, as you would know, if your if your internet is running a little bit slow and your program is on in the cloud, it's going to run a lot slower. Yeah. And if you have patients in the pharmacy waiting for their script or for the sale, I don't think they'll be happy to wait the extra minute or two for their transaction to happen. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I suppose to solve those problems we were talking about, I guess, having, you know, offline versions of the database and uh, online versions and that, that data synchronization. And obviously, that's going to be a challenge that the uh, dispense and point of sale vendors are going to have to uh, solve uh, before they can go permanently into the cloud. Yeah, and, and I'll be interested. It'll be interesting to see how um, they go about doing that, especially with the new Privacy Act uh, from last year, uh, where the government is becoming very, very strict about uh, medical data, medical information, and and the thought that information will be synced between your computer, your local database, and your cloud database. Uh, there's always a possibility of that information getting intercepted somewhere. So be interesting to see how uh, the software vendors will uh, work around that. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I suppose from a point of sale point of view, it, it really shouldn't be that hard. You know, you only have to go to a cafe these days or to a restaurant and, you know, they've got these cloud-based uh, point of sales running on iPads and things like that. So I guess why, why do you think it's it's taken pharmacy uh, a little bit longer to, to go down a similar path? It's because, well, it goes back to um, the way I see it is that pharmacies uh, think um, that IT is their enemy and uh, it takes them a while to get on board with any new solution. Um, so I don't think the software vendors were being pushed enough to come up with uh, innovative solutions like cloud. Yeah. Um, if, if pharmacists have taken technology on board, let's say five years ago, ten years ago, the cloud solution should have been available to all of, the, all of them at the moment, but that's not the case because the vendors just work as if um, you know, there is no real push for them to deliver any new, new solution other than all the, uh, the hosted or the local applications. Yeah, look, I think even as we discussed with Paul Naismith, I think the innovation is being demanded more by the patients than by the pharmacists. And, uh, you know, I guess when when patients are being able to inter interact with their bank by their smartphone and by their pizza restaurant by their smartphone and uh, travel and all sorts of things that, you know, have cloud interfaces that allow them to self-serve to an extent or at least be able to be given advice um, and, and be able to access information when they need to, it, it only makes sense that pharmacy goes down a similar path. So, yeah, look. Yeah, if, if, I, if I may say, um, I was uh, reading a report from uh, MIT last night, and the report was about how quickly banks in the US uh, rolled out all their um, mobile apps and uh, the online solutions. And, and the report says that the reason they did that is because they've seen the increase in Gen Y uh, customers. And the, the Gen Y customers require all that social media access, the online access. So they had to roll out all their solutions very quickly. Yeah. And uh, that's what I was going back to pharmacy. That doesn't happen. And that's why probably we don't see a solution being rolled out as quick. Yeah, look, absolutely. Look, I, I guess, you know, the, the biggest core of uh, pharmacy customers generally don't sit in the Gen Y bracket just yet. Mm. Um, so, you know, look, I think the demand will get put through. But at the same time, you know, we see such a high proliferation of mobile and handheld devices in the uh, over 60s and particularly the biggest social growth areas in Facebook, for example, are in the over 60s. So, we can't always assume that, uh, you know, that wouldn't be taken up by our customers if it was offered to them. That's, uh, I agree. I've, um, I just remembered something. I had a customer who um, who installed a, uh, a touch screen. They had their own app for uh, scripts in. 
Yeah. And uh, while he was uh, run, testing it for the for a couple of weeks, so I went there just to have a look. And to my surprise, there was a senior lady that was using it. She looked to be in her 80s, yep. and she was the first patient to use the, a touchscreen to uh, put in their script in the pharmacy. Yeah. So oh, that, I was surprised, not think that that would happen. Yeah, look, I, I think I think you know, it, it, you know, the mobile and handheld devices, and even what sits on them, being social networks and all sorts of things, I think has led a big revolution for the seniors in being more socially connected to their world around them, and that uh, you know they don't have to feel isolated. And I think you know, pharmacy is a natural contributor to that too. That we're always generally one of the major points of social contact for patients each each week when they come and see us. So uh, I think you know, we're we're, we're silly if we think that they wouldn't be embracing that type of change agree agree yeah so very good george and we've spoken about a few a few uh, i guess isolated case studies and that in in uh, chemist pos and your experience where um technology has been implemented but i guess what would you, what you know in in your long history at chemist pos you know what do you reckon was the the biggest change that you saw in a pharmacy that took up technology and you know how did you see that revolutionize their business um, I'll give you actually the example is a product that we've um, that we brought out to the industry uh, last year, which was uh, one of the HP uh, tablets with a built-in scanner. Um, we've uh, we've we got that we got approached by um, HP to uh, try and market that product, and from the first look at it, I thought it would be something that's going to work. So we took on we took that product, we uh, we gave it. As a, we gave a demo unit to a few pharmacies to try out, and um, they never looked back. Uh, that product has changed their workflow, the way they go about doing things. So pretty much, they have a mobile version of their uh, point of sale and their dispense program. Um, they're walking around the shop, doing their stock takes, going back to the back office, doing whatever they like, dispensing scripts, uh, doing meds check from one single device. And um, I've seen, uh, as my, I know there is a group of pharmacies in Australia now, there are about 200 and something of them that are looking at putting that tablet in. Yeah. Just because of the mobility it provides um, to their staff. So, um, you know, there's no walking back and forth anymore. Everything can just be done on the spot. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And certainly Microsoft are now banding around that they've got, a, I guess, a version of Surface now that can replace laptops and computers. And I imagine that's probably something quite similar for HP. But uh, has it managed to solve the issues that we were seeing with, uh, what was it? Was it Windows 9? Was it that? Windows, Windows 8. Windows 8, yeah. Yeah, well, see, the good thing about the HP tablet, which is different than all the others, is that it has a built in barcode scanner. Yeah. Um, all the other tablets on the market. Well, I'm, I'm using a Surface Pro 3 at the moment, talking to you. Yep. Uh, so this one, if I want to use a uh, barcode scanner, I've got to have to attach to attach one to it. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make it as a attractive solution as the HP tablet. Um, and also the the other thing that I've noticed in the last probably year or so is um, a lot of pharmacy owners uh, been managing their pharmacies remotely. Yeah, uh, they're getting remote access to their uh, pharmacy for do all the reporting, and uh, this has been a request that's been happening with every single job that we're doing. We've been asked to set up that remote access uh, for all the pharmacy owners to do print their reports and generate whatever information they like from their system. Yeah, which didn't didn't used to happen, you know, two or three years ago. Yeah. 
And are they are they are they generally doing that through you know I guess something that we spoke about probably a few episodes back um, by something like Log Me In or is it something a little more sophisticated these days? No, it's uh, it's another version of uh, the Windows Remote Desktop. Okay. Um, there are a couple there are a couple of applications out there that uh, that can be used. Uh, it does require a little bit of uh, configuring. Uh, it's not very straightforward, but once it's configured, it gives you all the ability to um, uh, do or print your reporting reports locally to your, you know, to your home or wherever you are. Uh, gives you full access to your, uh, similar to log me into your computer, to manage all your applications. Uh, but it's faster. That's yeah. probably the main advantage. Because I guess, you know, there's been varying degrees that I've seen where people have gone to the, I guess, the trouble of setting up a VPN or a virtual private network, which gives you a much faster speed in communicating with your with your pharmacy as if that computer was already attached to the local network. So is it something quite similar to that? It's very similar to VPN. Um, and the advantage it has over LogMeIn, especially like the, the free versions of those programs that it does encrypt your data while, while it's being transferred between your pharmacy and your local computer. Yeah. So uh, with uh, so if it's intercepted, no one can actually uh, decode that information and, and translate it to something that's readable. Um, but while logging me in, there is a good chance if using the free version that someone could just intercept that information and just use it for something. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, obviously that's got to be taken taken into account, as you mentioned, with the privacy legislation. So, um, and, and also, George, with the um, the built-in scanners into the HP tablets, can any dispensal point-of-sale system run on that? Yeah, we've got uh, customers at the moment running it with, uh, they're running Minfos, uh, they're running Fred, and they're running uh, Lots at the moment. Um, and um, they haven't reported any issues uh, with it so far. Yep. And comparative in terms of the a, a desktop computer price, um, what are you looking at for one of those? Uh, for the the complete solution is called the MX10, yep. the MX10 retail solution. Uh, you're looking, it's about two and a half grand for the solution, uh, including the tablet, the scanner, and a docking station if you ever want to connect any printers to it. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's it's a bit more expensive than a desktop computer, but it gives you all the advantages of being mobile. Well, I suppose that's it. You know, uh, uh, you know, it could it's potentially replacing, you know, those RF scanners or radio frequency scanners that you know, particularly Fred or Minfos have used to do your stock takes. Uh, that you're actually able to do that with a far more uh, functional device if you're able to access the, uh, the the main interface as opposed to a cut down mobile interface, which uh, gives you limited functionality. Yeah, that, that's correct. Um... Uh, the other thing, the other main advantage of this uh, of this unit is that, let's say at Christmas time when the shop is too busy, you can always put in an a, an extra register in the shop, uh, just by turning that that unit on. Yeah. Um, and even in dispensing, if you've got uh, if you know you've got a build up of scripts, you can always put it in and dispense your scripts off it as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, it's got a lot, a lot of flexibility and I think perhaps in, in years gone by, pharmacies may have just had an, an additional terminal set up somewhere, but you can't literally pick that pick that terminal up and walk around the shop with it, which... Uh, yeah. especially pharmacies in shopping centres where they've got their uh, some kind of a kiosk outside the pharmacy in uh, Christmas time. Yeah. Um, in With this solution, because it runs on wireless, you don't have to run anything. You just need to put that... A unit on the t on the desk and just start selling. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I could certainly see that. Uh, you know that. You know, no doubt has been quite popular and probably will continue to be, as well. Um, and and also, George, like obviously, once a solution is being put together, um, I guess for a pharmacy, it often involves multiple uh, point of sale or dispense vendors. You know, one of the biggest problems I've always seen is how do you get them all to talk to each other and uh, you know make that implementation quite seamless. Well, we try uh, on our part. We try to keep communicate. We try to keep communication between all the different people involved in a, in an installation. For example, we um, you know make sure that we've done our part that is compatible with whatever the software vendors want. Um, we've we've always asked for documentation about things and how they like it set up. So when they go in to do their work, they don't have any issues or complication. Um, and also, when we're doing a let's say an upgrade of a pharmacy, we we make sure that all all the software vendors have been contacted. Everyone has got access to the data they want, and they they have reinstalled all their programs before we actually leave site. So we try to make it as easy as possible for the pharmacist. But you know, you, you can't be hundred percent. So sometimes the issues will happen, but we'll try to minimise them. Yeah, yeah. No, look, absolutely, and look, certainly, it might even be it might even be a problem that just automatically disappears. Um, you know, once we get to that cloud environment, maybe in about ten years' time. But uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now that that'd be really, really good. And also, George, you know, look, obviously, once uh, you know one of our listeners are maybe listening to this and thinking, okay, there's a lot of benefits in you know a lot of what George is talking about, and you know from other things that we've spoken about on this show as well, that they're going to implement something, but you know, obviously, you know, when you're implementing a solution in your pharmacy, you're going to be covering off probably your biggest opportunities at that point in time. But, you know, how would how would you advise a, a pharmacy owner to, I guess, review that? And is that something that perhaps ChemistPoz does where you've got a, a dedicated review cycle as to how a business could, you know, take up, you know, even greater opportunity following an initial installation? Sorry, Rob, I missed the first half of your question. That's okay. Uh, we are always liable for these uh, technical difficulties. Now, what, what I was getting at, George, was really just about, you know, where a solution's been implemented as a baseline in pharmacies. Um, obviously, that's not going to cover absolutely every opportunity where IT can play a role in pharmacies. So I guess how, how would you advise pharmacy owners or is that something even that Chemist Pos does in terms of being able to look at that pharmacy perhaps even even after 12 months and actually say, look, you've done well with this. Um, is there, there are additional opportunities here in introducing those particular opportunities to them? Yeah, it's uh, mainly, for example, if we take a brand new pharmacy as an example, when we first look at uh, what we're going to put in, we say to them, what are you, we ask them for their forecasts and how, how they think they're going to go over the next 12 or 24 months. So we start with a solution that's gonna, you know, it's gonna be enough for them to run for the first 12 to 12 to 24 months, and then but also building the or the put building the ability to uh, put in extra terminal or put in some sort of new technology if the needs arises. So uh, we 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 keep, try to keep it as flexible as we can. We we supply them with hardware that's gonna be good enough to run to run all the extra equipment that they might need down down the track. Yeah. 
Yeah, so essentially allowing it to be, uh, I guess, as close to future-proof. And I imagine that's also something, you know, you mentioned a new pharmacy that they want to be looking at also how they're cabling the uh, business if it's a new business because uh, I guess there's no no bigger expense generally in pharmacy than retrofitting those types of things. Um, so if you've got the opportunity to, I guess, future plan, um, it's certainly a good idea to do that. Yeah, usually, usually when... Uh and when we've got a brand new pharmacy happening, I'll send them a document that says that tell them about things that sh- they should be looking at, uh, stuff like um, how, where they've got their powerpoints, how many data points they've got, where they've got their server rack, how their um, their counters are configured, how their dispense bench is configured. So try to give them as much information beforehand. So when they go and implement, get their shop fitters in, that they put in the the right the, all the right equipment in the right places. Yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely, and uh, I think from speaking from personal experience, there's nothing nothing harder than trying to get uh, shop fitters to drill all sorts of different <laughs> holes in the benches and all sorts of things. That, as as an afterthought, um, you know, they don't like inflexibility too much. <laughs> So no, absolutely, and and George, I always like asking this question because I think you know, obviously, when when you're so involved with implementing technology in business, that you quite often get limited by perhaps the scope of you know where where a customer's projections or budget may be. But if we take all of that away and you know take away time and resources, you know what would be I guess the biggest thing or the biggest game changing tool or technology that you could think of that we could implement in pharmacy today to make a big difference? It's something that we've spoken about already and that's cloud. Yeah. Um, they, the industry has to go to cloud. Um, they so far behind all other industries. If we look at, for example, finance. Finance have started implementing uh, cloud solutions back in 2007 and they've, they've got them all out 2009. So we're already about five years behind uh, an industry like finance. So um, I think there should be a, um, a push for all those cloud solutions to be done um, as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess, you know, one thing that we often talk about on this show as well is that, you know, as pharmacies, we are, you do have a unique set of, uh, you know, requirements and, um, and inf- information that we do need to utilise on a clinical base that's unique to pharmacy. But we are still f- small businesses. Um, and, you know, a lot of the tools that have gone to cloud, you know, like your accounting packages and so forth, um, are now cloud available. So, so in your view, do you think pharmacy owners could be taking best benefits from cloud technology, I guess, in other segments of their business right now, other than their dispense and point of sale? Uh, yes. Uh, well, cloud has a lot of, a lot of solutions. So um, I'll probably have to say first that pharmacists should look at technology as a tool and as the IT supplier as a partner. And uh, we always provide a solution that fixes the customer's problem. Uh, we don't just give, give them an off-the-shelf solution. Uh, and if I say, uh, for example, a cloud solution that I can suggest at the moment, something like uh, collaborate, team collaboration, um, there are a lot, a lot of tools out there, uh, cloud-based solution that gives you that uh, team collaboration that is, is missing at the moment. Um, there are some uh, uh, to do those to do lists, for example. Um, there, there are quite a number of uh, team building uh, tools that you can have. Uh, at f- probably like five ten dollars a month, we're talking. Yeah. That makes the uh, uh, the communication between uh, the pharmacy owner, manager, and staff a lot more uh, clearer. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you're probably talking about there are things like uh, Google Apps or Office 365, and they're probably the two two biggest ones. Yeah, like even there is a, um, a tool like LastPass, which is a, just a password management uh, application that um, you know you, you no longer have to write your password on your screen you can just save it into this application and your staff can access it when they need it absolutely george you've just hit my sweet spot there that's my favorite <laughs> um I, I honestly don't believe how you, how a pharmacy could actually run without it um you know we, we um i suppose i'm touching on personal example here but we ran a, a study on on that one and uh when you're running last pass enterprise you can actually get told how many minutes or hours each week it saves you and I think we topped out at about an hour and 45 minutes a week, which, uh, again, you know, just from something as simple as leveraging cloud for passwords is, is a fantastic productivity gain. Yeah, we've, I've, I've used LastPass uh, personally in probably since 2009 as well. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. Like, um, you go on all your devices and your passwords are there. You never have to look for your password again. And uh, at the same time, because you've got a master password, you can always lock it out if you don't want people to see you to use your passwords. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we see too, too many pharmacies these days with post-it notes on the side of the monitor and passwords written in the back of the diary. And, you know, the question I always, always then ask is that if you have, if you, have you know, staff that do leave the pharmacy, uh, do you have the ability to know what all the passwords are and can you change them effectively? And I think that's one of the biggest problems that you can easily solve just by running a simple application like that. Yeah, I don't think actually, I don't think pharmacies will, pharmacists will be thinking about that issue. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen, uh, we've done many, many computer upgrades and uh, we've taken equipment away and that equipment will have stickers of some sort with all passwords and I don't think uh, we've ever got questioned about, you know, taking off the sticker or leaving it at the pharmacy. Yeah, no. Look, it's it's interesting, and I do, I, do, I guess it depends on on the the level of sensi sensitivity and also the the importance of it. Um, but as I suppose you'd imagine that some some computers may even have passwords, or particularly like the Wi-Fi modems, for example, might have the password taped to the back of it. Um, and you know, oh, look, obviously, all you know, you may also have pharmacies where you have the wholesalers' accounts, and they're always generally taped to the side of the dispense monitor when you're putting the portal requests through or the orders through. So it, it, it just depends, I guess, on, on the level of the number of passwords each pharmacy has and uh, the sensitivity of them. Yeah, I do agree. And uh, if I go back to my thesis, in, in, in the conclusion of I've proposed some standards that should be implemented in the industry and no standards should be enforced by the guild and the government. They shouldn't be left to the pharmacy owner to decide whether they're going to implement it or not. Things like um, having passwords on your computers. Um, a lot of pharmacies don't have passwords, they just use blank passwords. Um, you never know who accesses what. You never know, you know, you never know uh, who made a, um, an error, who changed a, a record that you have. Um, plus, you know, using with the Wi-Fi networks and using very, very simple passwords that it's easy for anyone to uh, guess. Um, and, you know, that person can have access to your network and from there they can have access to your uh, server and to your patient information and even to your sales records. Um, so those, those uh, standards should be implemented on a, um, just as an industry, not as individual pharmacies.
Yeah, absolutely. And it probably even goes even further back to the personal thing, personal devices that we carry around each day in these smartphones that probably not everyone uh, is actually utilising their PIN codes or the touch IDs on the iPhones now. And again, it's just so important because it's really the only barrier between someone actually getting your information and, and not. Um, and you can always go to the nth degree, no doubt, but certainly simple measures sometimes can be enough of a... Uh, and give give yourself enough time to actually be able to lock uh, people out of information before they get access to it yeah that, that, that's it you just need to you just need to make it more difficult for people to make mistakes and for people to illegally access your information uh, you probably can never stop them but just you can make it harder Absolutely. So, George, to uh, leave our, leave our listeners with uh, some uh, adv- advice today, what would you, what would you say would be the biggest opportunity for pharmacy owners to be focusing their attention on right now? Something I also said earlier. Just uh, think of IT as a tool for you to grow your business. Um, you know, competition is becoming tougher and tougher in the industry, and the only thing that can the only the only point of difference between your pharmacy and the one down the road is not going to, it's not anymore about the price it's more about your customer service and your uh, operation efficiency if you can get your customer service to a high level uh, and then be efficient internally and not just at the front of the shop but also anything that happens in the middle middle uh, you know middle shop and the back office um, you'll have you'll reduce your the ratio of your uh, cost uh, to income and that way you increase your profit simply by using tools that you already have there but you're just not utilizing absolutely you know any distraction that takes us away from our patients if we can remove or minimize that it's going to be so valuable would be able to donate some time back to our patients now fantastic now thanks george and thank thanks for deputizing for michael i think you've done a fantastic job and he's gonna he's gonna have to live up to a big reputation next time we have him on in the not too distant future No problem, Rob. Uh, Thanks for having us and uh, good luck with your show. Cheers. Thanks, George. No problem. Wow, what a content-rich interview that was. It is going to be such a hard job today to come up with three key learnings. On the subject of key learnings, I'd love to be able to see your learnings from what you got out of that interview. There's been some great feedback I've been getting from our seven-day industry insights tool, which has been at robertstar.com for a few weeks now. But I'd love to see if you can believe a note underneath this post in robertstar.com for this episode. What were your key learnings? I'd love to hear them. But as as per normal transformation tradition, here are my three key learnings. So the first one is that we need to keep our pharmacy equipment up to date. It's unbelievable the amount of money, time and effort that we go to for maintaining equipment that is out of date. George gave us a great insight as to what he believes and certainly what statistics will tell us is the ideal life cycle of three to five years. And that for us, Looking at our computers thinking they're going okay, that could last another year, maybe another two years, three years, and we've said that five years down the track and it hasn't changed, we start to wonder what the effects have been. And perhaps if they're not obvious, we don't notice it. Probably much the same way as blood pressure is a silent killer for us all, in that we don't notice until we have a heart attack. And I think IT is very similar. So transaction times start slowing down. The reliability changes. We've got to get more maintenance. We've got to get more troubleshooting errors going on. And so the reliance on it becomes lower. And so overall, it is found then that the cost of the IT 
is obviously going to go up the longer we keep it. And certainly what we're seeing at the moment is the cost of IT replacement is coming down significantly in the last five years. So big lesson, guys. Maintain those systems no longer than three to five years and bite the bullet and replace it. You'll be happier in the long run. The second one is... We've always viewed IT probably as a bit of an outside influence, maybe a little bit of an enemy. It's, it, we've got an interesting relationship with IT in pharmacy because we adapt it to the nth degree when it's been recommended to us to maintain better and more efficient systems in dealing with Medicare. You know, we all jumped online for PBS Online because we thought, yes, we're going to get paid quicker and it's going to be easier for the government to be able to do that. So we all did it. But for some things like password management, which we did reference in this in this interview, um, we don't do it. We're quite comfortable with leaving secure information on post-it notes on the sides of monitors or in the back of diaries and really not giving too much concern as to what happens to that information and also the amount of time that it actually takes us to access it. As we spoke about, systems like LastPass can save you up to an hour and a half a week, which is significant time, guys. I'm sure we could spend that time a lot more wisely in our business. So as we even heard from MIT, a study from MIT that the banks of America are changing their systems because there's an increase in Gen Y customers, we're going to need to change whether we like it or not. And even from what we spoke about with Paul Naismith some episodes ago, we're finding that our customers are demanding that innovation as well. So whilst we can change in simple ways now, I think we need to start that whole genuine mindset in thinking that if there's a way for our customers to get a better experience by embracing technology in our businesses, we need to be all for it and we need to be adopting it quite quickly before someone else does or they find a better experience. Number three is also that people in their 80s are very happy with technology. It's a great social enabler and a social connector in their communities to interact with grandchildren through photo sharing and information giving around events and keeping people up to date. It keeps everyone really connected at that age. And as George said, when uh, one of the pharmacies that he was in implemented a touchscreen at Scripps Inn, one of the first patients was an 80-year-old and was very, very comfortable in doing that as well. So don't make a false presumption there as well and there was a great device that George has spoken about I'd, I'd honestly really look forward to checking it out myself was that handheld um, HB tablet with, an, with a built-in scanner who wouldn't want to have more mobility in your business to be able to open up an extra till when you need to or open up an extra dispense terminal when it gets busy or even simply be able to walk up to an elderly patient who can't who's struggling to get out of the waiting chair and actually do everything you can in front of them including processing the transaction and charging it to the account. Wouldn't that be a great experience, guys? So the technology is there. We just need to adopt it into our business. Only we know our businesses better than anyone else. So you'll be able to tell where, that, where those most important areas where you can aid and automate processes with technology. But the key lesson from all of this today is let's get started. So that's it for another episode of Transformation, guys. I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible at PBN next week. Uh, this episode next week will come to you probably just before I end up on stage uh, at PBN delivering the workshop of how to effectively communicate with your team in only 20 minutes a week. You will be amazed as to how you can do that.
Also, for anyone who wants to see me at PBN as well, uh, even though the general release date for transformation is set at the 15th of September, which is going to be the Monday following PBN, for PBN attendees, anyone who wants to grab a copy, and there'll be some great bundles I'm going to mention in next week's show, and also pop up on Twitter, and also anyone who's on the email list as well will get a copy of that as well. Um, you'll be able to come and grab them from me personally at PBN. I'm going to sign them personally for you, and you can have a chat about whatever technology is coming out. We've got Apple, who've got a big announcement next week, so I'm sure any of you are interested in that, and Apple fans like myself, we can have a good chat about that. And there was also uh, some great Samsung devices. So even if you just want to have a chat about the latest smartphone, I'd be very happy to have a chat with you at PBN as well. Don't forget the Pharmacy Freedom Index is live, so check it out. You'll see all the big opportunities in your business in under 15 minutes in that test, and it's free. So you've got nothing to lose. You'll get some great opportunities, some great learnings that hopefully you can partner into your business in the next 12 months as well. See you at PBN, guys. Hope to see you there. And if not, have a great week, and I'll see you next week. Bye for now.